Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs to Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Dan. Sean. And our special guest... Susie! Hey! Welcome, <laughs> welcome along, Susie. Thank, thank you for joining us and uh, making us a team of four this week. While uh, Lee and Chris are otherwise occupied and we're recording two days later than normal, we are very sorry. But life happens. Yeah, like, like, life got in the way. But uh, Susie, you are joining us from, well, I can't, can't really say sunny Scotland because it's like half, pa- half past nine and it's pitch black outside. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It was a little bit sunny today though, so um, we'll, let, we'll use that little snippet of sunshine, shall we say. Ah. Um, but no, thank you so much for having me guys. I really appreciate it. Um, it was really fun doing the little Patreon bit that we did. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to us getting stuck into some some juicy Formula One gossip now. Well, there is uh, there is plenty to talk about because uh, after the Japanese Grand Prix at the weekend, it seems so long ago. Yeah, I had to remind yeah. myself a couple of bits. <laughs> and with every, with everything happening at once, so I've, I've got to ask the question: Who powered through from two a.m. till well, pre two a.m. till after eight in the morning? No, I'm not daft. Uh, <laughs> I had like maybe a five minute sort of semi doze on the sofa with a cat but otherwise i was fairly straight through um, i did half past five onwards so i'm the only one out the four of us that actually made it all the way through this is why i felt like i got jet lag all day monday <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of jet lag that was the one thing that actually helped me out on sunday morning because i was suffering from jet lag and it made getting up at half five in the morning that day very easy after (laughs) sleeping for an astronomical amount of time so uh yeah (laughs) i managed to to power through from half past five in the morning right so pro tip next year's japanese grand prix let's all go on holiday the week before sounds good yeah Right, that's a plan. But back on this year's race, uh, we'll do the usual and start at the back and as pretty much nearly every race this season, uh, we've got Williams, Kubitzer in 19th and Russell in 18th. Can't really say a great deal. They've been having better races recently, but Japan was not one of them. No. Mm Mm-mm. Kubica was very um, unhappy as well, wasn't he, about the whole wing and then wing goes away situation. He he was unhappy that the wing that they didn't plan to race wasn't on the car after he'd smashed the car to shit. (laughs) I I thought he wanted the wing on the car for qualifying, which was the only one they had so they'd have trashed it anyway. See, I feel like Williams are at the point of the season now where they're literally just trying to just make things work and get the car to the end of the season. Um, I feel that there's... Obviously, we know that Williams is not flush like the big teams, and I think they're trying to make the best of a really shitty situation that they've had this year. And obviously, they've got new so one person with one wing and one person with another wing. They have a very weird setup, but it's a setup that only they can do because that's just what they have to do to survive right now. Yeah, I mean, after after everything that happened in Russia with um, Russell's engine going and mm-hmm. then retiring Kubica because they wanted to save the parts, and then there were stories coming out from his sponsors that they were contemplating suing for not keeping him out on track, and it is not going to be a pleasant place to be. I think the relationship between Kibitza and Williams has yeah, gone downhill. Good. 
Yeah, um, he's gonna. Have to, I think he's still gonna have to see the season out because they yeah. haven't they haven't got a driver with the super license points to keep him uh, to actually slot into the car because officially Latifi doesn't get his super license points until, until the end of the season. The end of the season, which of course the last F two race is at the last Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Have they said? Uh, uh, sorry, have I missed a bit of news here? Is Latifi getting the seat? They can't confirm him until he's got a super license and he doesn't get the super license points until the F2 season has finished. So are they basically saying that he is getting a seat? We think so, they're not, don't we? They're not, say, they're not saying he isn't. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that for two reasons. One, I don't think he's the right driver. And two, if, why could they maybe not have tried to get Jamie Chadwick her super licence first and given her priority after how much she's been working her nuts off at that team. No pun intended. <laughs> that was probably not the right phrase to use. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's nowhere near on super licence. They'd have yeah. to. She, she would need, and she'd need F2 title this season to have got super licence points. Because mm. W Series didn't carry the points because the, the there weren't enough races, but it does from next season. Yes. So, potentially, she could get a drive after the following season then. Yeah, if she does, if she does, like, if she could do F3 and maybe another series next year, or if she did F2 and won it, then she would have super licence points. She would have enough super licence points. Mm. It's just, I feel like we always get to this point with Williams, and, and I love Williams at the fact that they've and especially Claire, who's always been an advocate of women in motor racing. But we always seem to have that one foot in the door and then the opportunity slides away. And I refuse to have them, like this young, wonderfully talented lady, not go through the system. And I really hope that they stick by their guns because obviously Susie Wolf had a massive opportunity there. And... Things happened and she's killing the game. She's like managing the team. She's she's doing amazing. But I really hope that Williams can really take it that one step further or let another team come in and take her at some point to give her that opportunity. I was, Once she's got her super licence. Yeah, I was kind of surprised when she signed for Williams because she already has um, a factory deal with Aston Martin and she does like mm-hmm. sports cars with them. So I kind of thought yeah, maybe sure through does. Red Bull she might end up sort of on the Toro Rosso programme, but... But do you Obviously think that's the Martin relationship? Yeah, because they have maybe that, going yeah. to continue for much longer. Possibly not. Who it, knows? It's, <laughs> it's always hard to tell. But I mean, with with one thing, um, one bit of F two news that's come through today could actually mm-hmm. um, could actually work in Jamie Chadwick's favour because um, Arden are pulling out of F two at the end of the season, and HWA, which of course runs things for Mercedes is taking over with the Williams link with Mercedes. It might give Jamie Chadwick a chance in F2 next year. That'd be good. That would be, that would be excellent. You know, it's pure, pure speculation. I'm putting two, two and two together mm. and making 87, a number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, there the might actually be the opportunity there. And, She's certainly certainly got the talent to be in F two next season. When you look at some of some of the other drivers, I'm not mentioning any names, but you can usually find in 25 seconds a lap off the pace <laughs> at the back of the F two field in an MP <laughs> motorsports car. 
since we're having a little chat about F2, I just thought we'd, in talking about a bit of news and F2 drivers, um, obviously Mercedes are doing their Formula E testing in Valencia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was apparent that Nick de Vries had a little kiss of the, the wall today oh, during their second day of testing. Oh dear. Exploring the track to its fullest yes. limits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not, not, so, not a chance to say any of that. So not maybe the the best the best start um to his Formula E career, but I think everybody's had a moment at some point when they've taken a step up. Um I, so I think he's maybe just having his moment. <laughs> well you you need to find the limits of the car, don't you, to to know Absolutely, how hard you can push yeah. it, mm. and that involves pushing it too hard. Yeah. And going into the wall. And going into the wall. <laughs> if, you, if you go for a wall that isn't there, you're not a real driver? <laughs> probably probably yeah. not. Yeah. not. Not sure. No. <laughs> tell, you, uh, tell you what, shall we, uh, shall we move on to Haas? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> must we? Uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, we have to. We had one driver going backwards and one driver going forwards. Oh, my favourite thing about Haas was when I was doing the, the quotes article for online. Um, Grosjean, I can't remember exactly what he said word for word, but it was along the lines of, I knew my start was crap when I ended up behind Kevin, which just sounded <laughs> so <laughs> passive aggressive. I'm sure it wasn't meant that way, but I'm so much crapper than Kevin. Oh, that's but, Well, given, given that Kevin was starting near the back oh, and yeah, Grosjean yeah, yeah. was... In context, yes, yeah. but... <laughs> that is just... That that's wonderful. <laughs> I, mean, I think probably the highlight of Ro- Roman Grosjean's weekend was probably his little toy car that he built oh, on yeah. the Saturday when <laughs> there was no racing. When he obviously wasn't invited to Max Verstappen's FIFA night. No, <laughs> that seemed very apparent. <laughs> As I I said on Twitter, though, that is the first time this season any car connected with Haas has managed to get all its wheels on and pointing in the right direction (laughs) when it was being put together. (laughs) Uh, Oh, bless We are never going to get any form of official invite from Haas for anything, are we? (laughs) No. Do you know what? God bless them, seriously. They've They've just had just one thing after another. It... It's just a shame. I had such high hopes for them this season and I feel like their whole worlds <laughs> have just crumbled <laughs> around them. It, it, it's, a, it's a shame. I feel like we're going to see some more grey hairs in that team, for sure. But at least Drive to Survive next year, the uh, the Gunter Steiner episode, it's, it's going to be amazing. Oh, it's just one episode? Maybe best not. TV. <laughs> Yeah, you, you could probably you could probably do a whole series on um, just on, ha- on mm-hmm. just him and with it, with everything that's gone on this season. I just want a reality TV show about him and his life. And <laughs> I mean, if anybody who is listening follow me on Twitter will know that I am a massive Real Housewives fan. I will use Real Housewives memes for everything, including Formula One. If you see me commenting on a Formula One post, nine times out of ten, there will be a Real Housewives meme attached to my response. So you you could have the Real Housewives. Absolutely. (laughs) For once, one of my bad puns gets appreciated. It would be fantastic. (laughs) 
But, um, yeah, the, the weekend didn't go great for him. Because, I mean, K-Mag wiping out on the last corner in Q1. Same same place as Kubica. Um, nasty, hell of a nasty tailwind there. Because the wind was, mm. wind was all over the place. Um, obviously, thanks to the super typhoon situation. Um, but it, it took Magnussen out. Grosjean, yeah, we had we had great hopes because qualified in tenth. Looked like maybe the car possibly had a little bit of long run pace from what little we got to see on Friday, and then it just all evaporated come Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon, whatever time it was. Yeah, even when it looks like it's got long run pace, it doesn't have. And mm. um, I mean, Gunter Steiner has said he doesn't know why because it's the car isn't doing the things it should be. That's um, very worrying. Seventeen races in, isn't it? That they still don't know mm. why it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that that is about all you can say about Haas this season. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can you say? They, it's it just and like I said, it just seems to have been one disaster after another, and this season has just been a bit of a write off for them. And in terms of where they go next season, and obviously, I'm presuming that there will be massive changes in sponsorships over the summer break or winter. Break. There was Whatever. already massive changes Winter. in sponsorship during the season. <laughs> no, well, yes, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but I'm hoping that they can still bring in some good money to the team because it does have the potential there. And it is very obvious that all the guys and girls that work for the team work very, very hard and they've been through a lot. And I feel like they deserve a good, solid business sponsor that's going to really give them that support that they need to actually do something next year. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got you've got to hope that a big US company will come in because I mean, Formula One hasn't been this popular in the US since Andretti was winning races, and with with it being on ESPN, no adverts, and believe me, we have seen a lot of people praising that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you think an American company would like to come in and sponsor an American team? And it would it would be great to grow the sport, especially mm. with the um, I'm, I'm shoehorning this yeah, one no, in here as it, well with the possibility of the Miami Grand Prix that um, came up today. So <sighs> getting the exposure, yeah, it might be another Herman Tilke designed circuit round a stadium, but it's better than the original plan for the Miami Grand Prix on that long bridge. But um, why? Why Miami? I'm assuming Miami has money. Because the uh, guy who owns the Dolphins and Hard Rock Stadium also owns Circuit of the Americas. Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I can understand where they're coming from, but I really hope that this is going to be an ex... And this is my fear with the whole having... I think it's unfair that one country should have two Grand Prix. It's always been my opinion, even when we had the European Grand Prix and it kind of jumped around, I felt that if you're going to be a business that is global, you need to have a presence, but not too much of one. Yes, America is a massive big country, 
But do they really deserve to have two races? And I'm not trying to offend any American fans here. I love America. I love New York. I spend a lot of time there. I appreciate the people there. But (laughs) Formula One comes first. (laughs) (laughs) My love for Formula One comes first. And in these situations, I always like think about my grandfather and what he would think of the decisions that were being made. And one of those things is like, would he appreciate the fact that there's two races in one one country? And I think maybe they're. This is obviously them starting to lose sight of the global picture, which is quite upsetting. And I think as we start to see maybe some of the other tracks start to diminish over time, that that unfortunately is going to be the thing that happens there'll be like less races here and there globally but then really just going and being attracted to the ones where where can we make the most money and that's not fair enough formula one is full of money um but the heart of it should always be the racing and it should always be looking for that best place for the drivers to drive and i feel like formula one is losing sight of that slightly again yes they've made some really good progress and the rules and things the changes that are happening and i think 2021 is going to be i've got really high hopes for it but the tracks are the more one of the most important parts and if you don't have the tracks right the driving's not going to follow so yeah. this miami track better be fucking spectacular <laughs> <laughs> The, 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 or they can ram it. <laughs> the, the best quote I saw about it all day was, please don't make it Sochi Mark Two. It does look a bit Sochi-ish from the, sort of the very, very digital artistic interpretations that are on the uh, F1MIA.com website. Because it's and got an very, official website for some reason. And the very bright Miami yeah. Dolphins blue that yes. seems to be plastered around the whole track, which <laughs> is going to be such an eyesore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Bad enough. Well, it's a nice saw watching the Miami Dolphins this season anyway. Well, but that's we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> one of these one of these days we will resurrect three legs fourth down. <laughs> I'd be up for that. We'll talk after the show. <laughs> Right, uh, Alfa Romeo next. Um, not a not a great showing from them this time round. No, very anonymous. Mm-hmm. The back the the back to the days of anonymous Sauber, as we used mm. to call them. I, I I very much like that. Very anonymous. That that is a great way to put it. <laughs> I just I I don't remember what either of them did during the race. I don't really remember seeing either of them. The only thing Alpha related I remember was. Kimmy's interview before the race where he said um, he wouldn't talk to 21-year-old yes. Kimmy. Yes, <laughs> that was fantastic. Seriously, that interview with Kimmy was absolutely one of the highlights of the weekend. And just hearing him just be so the ice man. And just, but that quote is so Kimmy, it's unreal. <laughs> If you were going to if you were going to ask Kimmy that question, there would be no other answer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they um, you know he, he lets he lets the driving do the talking. But I can't remember what he said on Sunday. He was thir- He was thirteenth. Giovinazzi was fifteenth. Oh, we've got fourteenth and sixteenth here. Ooh, check my maths, maybe. Fourteenth and sixteenth, according to the Formula One website. Ah. 
Uh, oh, oh ha- did, things oh. got reshuffled, didn't things they? Things got reshuffled after the early checkered flag. Right. That's very strange because Google, which is meant to be pulling the information from the Formula One website, <laughs> is giving me 13th and 15th. Where has Google got got Perez? 17. Yeah, Officially, he was ninth. Yes, right. I, so am, I am clicking on to the, the actual website now. Yeah, they, they, they've got it from lap 53. Lesson, yeah. which... Google is wrongly assuming the race was the correct distance. <laughs> <laughs> because... Um, after the um, after the problems with Canada when Winnie Harlow got given the flag early and told to wave it, so she did, and it wasn't her fault because she had somebody telling her to do it and the steward who was in charge of doing that had lost count of what lap he was on. Great. <laughs> um, F1 officially brought in, the race, will, the race end will be signified by a chequered flag pattern appearing on the digital display board above the start-finish line. And it came out a lap early. So they replaced a flawed system with a with an automatic flawed, flawed system. system. <laughs> <laughs> all that um, all that Michael Massey would say about it at the time, and I don't think there's been another statement since, was there was a system error. They're investigating it, apparently. Right. Mm. So yes, the, these are the official classifications from the end of lap fifty-two, which is why we've still got Perez in. Mm. Um, which we'll do next. So Perez in ninth and. DNF'd, but finished ahead of cars that... Finished behind cars that did finish... Oh, God. Yeah. Perez finished ninth, Stroll finished 11th. <laughs> there was a racing point in the points. Yeah. Um... And he still got the points, which which blows my mind, is the fact that he crashed out and still got points. I mean... Uh, quite yeah. quite a lucky mistake for him. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it did... Didn't know that he wasn't racing anymore and finished ninth while he was still racing. Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, it's racing point having one, one of those sort of... That, everything with them usually comes in waves after the summer break. Um, going back to Wendell Force India, they were a little bit patchy before summer and then afterwards they'd have a couple of good weeks, a couple of bad weeks till the end of the season. And even in the new incarnation, it just strikes me that they're doing that again. And this was, this could have, this could have been better, but it could have been a whole lot worse. Well, I mean, it could yeah, still, it could it. still be better, couldn't it? Depending on what happens with the Renault thing, but I think we'll probably get onto that later. Get, on, get onto mm. that shortly, but um, I mean, they they put the protest in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Racing Point are, I, oh, see, I, I'm trying to be as nice as possible about them but I find it very difficult because any time I see Racing Point doing well it angers me because if it wasn't for Lance Stroll's daddy he would not have a drive (laughs) and that still now some time on still annoys the absolute shite out of me (laughs) (laughs) don't hold back say what you think (laughs) Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm sure there are lo- lovely people, um, but I, I am a, I'm a big Checo fan. I enjoy his driving. I think I think he's a good ambassador for Formula One. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I also think I don't know if anyone's heard Jensen Button's podcast, Formula One podcast. They did um, the, the official Formula One podcast. He was on it, um, and he actually mentioned about being like how Sergio was one of his favorite people on on the grid. So no, I'm not not mm-hmm. listened to that episode yet. Um, it's very good. I will. Uh... Um, Definitely, I've, I've got loads of catching up with that one to mm. do. I've not, I've not listened to one for a few weeks. Oh, but I just thought I'd mention it, considering we're talking about racing points. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was quite a valid thing to say. Yeah. Um, I wasn't being crazy and going off topic. But, <laughs> but I why feel not? Like why not? We always do. Lee, Lee usually <laughs> finds an excuse He's... to talk about Jensen Button, doesn't he? So, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, J- Jensen Button, so... he was Fernando Alonso's teammate. Why isn't Fernando Alonso in, in the car? <laughs> we'll maybe talk about him later as well <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but no I, I actually think Sergio's 100% still deserves a drive in Formula 1 um, it just hurts my heart that it's with Racing Point unfortunately um, but they're kind of meandering at the moment they're, they, they're existing I mean the the main, the main aim has been to sort of build up the team to um, a sort of Renault level of staff or a Renault amount of staff. And they've, they've got this new headquarters coming or they're expanding the old Jordan factory that they're in at Silverstone, uh, mm-hmm. which, which is going to take some time. But um, within, what is it, three years, they'll have their own their own wind tunnel and their own manufacturing facilities and they won't have to outsource anything. So is it going to be another three years when treading water? But the worry with that is if the results don't come during that time, is Stroll Senior going to get bored and... Buy me an electric spaniel. <laughs> well, well, no, because how's his son going to get a drive? Yeah, fair point. What other what other team would take him on without his dad's money? Hmm. But it's not even that. What what other team with the level and quality of drivers that we have at the moment are going to sacrifice winning races just for somebody's money? Can't think of any. Hmm. So here we have, here we have a catch twenty two, um, for Racing Point. But that that's definitely one of the things that's been in my mind, and obviously they're putting all this investment in, um, which I think is amazing for the staff and the people who work there. Um, but obviously, are they still going to be here in three years' time? Is Stroll Senior as Invested in Formula One is what we all think he is. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I mean, I, I guess a lot of it will depend on does Lance move forward or backwards with in his career from where he is now. Does he? Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, if he doesn't improve, then yeah, you could you could see Lawrence Stroll pulling out just because I spent all this money to buy my son a world championship and he can't even get fifth. Yeah, and I don't, I don't necessarily even think that. Uh, Checo, yeah, in terms of selling merchandise um, and his fan base being, because he has a large fan base, let's be honest, he has a whole country behind him. Um, um, so, plus others. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas, and fair enough, Lance Stroll, I suppose, kind of has a country behind him, but he's not really a big name. And also, I don't really think he's probably selling as much merchandise. Um, that is significant enough for one of the other teams to even be remotely interested in him. 
Because let's be honest, that's also part of the deal as well. Yeah. What are you going to sell us? So. Oh yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it's been a running joke on the show for uh, for ages that Ferrari are in Formula One just to sell shirts and cufflinks. <laughs> and bags and aftershave yeah. and yeah, and the thought of the lifestyle. Aha. Uh-huh. Hundred, I 100% agree with you on that one. <laughs> I mean, our, our major serious hope about Lance Stroll is he doesn't follow Jacques Villeneuve and re- release an album. I fear he could. I think he's the kind that would <laughs> go down that sort of vanity project route. <laughs> oh, God, help us <laughs> Oh, no! I can't imagine anything worse. Have you, have, you listen, have you managed to listen to all of Private Paradise yet? No. D- don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fooling around is enough for everyone. <laughs> oh, Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have played out with that on this week's Patreon. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm only joking. No. I'm only joking. Yeah, I've learnt from that mistake. Well, I learned from that mistake when I saw the state of the Twitter inbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, while I was still on the subject of Racing Point, now they have put in a protest about Renault. Um effectively using a driver aid when it comes to... It was an automatic brake bias system. Um, it's under investigation. It actually looks fairly serious. If Renault have been using this for a while, and it's... From what, from what I, from my limited technical knowledge, in other words, I've not managed to get through to Scarbs and get him to explain it yet. <laughs> um, normally, the brake bias on the car has to be manually operated from the steering wheel by the driver. I think right. I think the rule is a direct and deliberate driver input. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure it mentions the steering wheel. Well, they've seized, the FIA have seized the steering wheels yeah. to figure out how they would go about doing it as part of their investigation. So. And they've also taken the control electronics from yes. both the Renaults as well. So it looks like what has actually happened, or what Racing Point are accusing Renault of, is having an automatically controlled one based on effectively circuit data. Yeah, where how, how far around the lap the car has gone. And then it can shift the brake balance accordingly for each each individual corner. Right. And that's um, not... It goes against the rule of the driver must drive the car unaided. Um, right, OK, right. I, I understand that a bit more now because... I, I did try to in, like, register this information this week, but as I said previously, I was in a bit of a jet-lagged like, <laughs> haze this week. So trying to understand that has been pretty difficult. Um, but now I think I understand. But do you think it could be a case where Renault have maybe seen a little loophole somewhere and gone for it? Renault seem that they won't very get confident caught? that that what they're doing is okay. So either, yes, there's a massive potential loophole that Renault feel they can argue in, in the court of arbitra- arbitration. It's easy for you to say. That. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Your first show, you fit right in. <laughs> or Renault aren't doing anything like what Racing Point have accused them of. So I wonder if maybe could they do something like have a brake bias control on the brake pedal itself? So the the amount of pressure that you put on the brake pedal affects oh. the affects the bias. Yeah. Put, put, push it slightly to the left, and that pushes it to the to the rear. Push it slightly to the right, pushes it to the front. Something like that. 
Or they could maybe have like a pressure mechanism in it where it, well, no, because then that would be automatically doing it, wouldn't it? But then they could argue to say that the driver is pushing the brake, so therefore they are. Yeah. Do you? Sorry, that wasn't a sentence there at all. But I'm glad that you understood what I was saying. They're controlling it with their foot, therefore they're controlling it, not the car. Yes. The grey area that I was wondering about was nowadays a lot of the braking power comes from the energy recovery systems. Mm-hmm. Now, what do the regulations say about the control of them? And would there be any grey area from recovering more or less energy through... I would guess the ERS is just on the rear wheels. Yeah. So now we have and the, the two are connected. So, so the rule is about the driver's input to the brakes. But if there's a grey area where they can say, well, this is, this is part of the energy recovery and we're varying how much energy recovery we do based on where the car is on the track, could they get away with that? I don't know. I'm not an expert in the rules. Hmm. That's... To be honest, that sounds like a possibly feasible excuse because there's, I don't think there's anything in the rules to state. Um, I think the, the only rules on the um, use of the ERS is the maximum output power from it. You can charge it as much as you want, but you can only have so much output per yeah. lap. So... This is, this is what Ricardo got thrown out of qualifying for a couple of races back, wasn't it? He had too much power coming off. Was it the MG UK? Oh yes, so it was. Now, I wonder if that's all. I wonder if that's maybe what's piqued racing points' interest. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd forgotten about. Oh, no, this has just dawned on me now. Because <laughs> that would have given him an, an advantage of um, one millionth of a second as mm. it got as it got worked out. Oh yeah, uh uh-huh, Because then that was why everybody was sort of had their hands up in the air, saying, "Are you serious?" Mm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I wonder if it was part of a bigger thing. If that's why, I don't know. I'm hypothesising and I've not quite finished my, my thought, but it's, uh, mm. it's out there anyway. But no, now, now, now you've reminded us of that, that actually makes more sense and that could be where Racing Point got the sort of first first spark of an idea from. We're in the middle of a cat fight here. Are you going to throw a weightlifting glove at them again? I will throw a glove at them if they carry on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the joys of recording in the cat room. Um, so, yeah, that... that yeah, that could well have something to do with it. This is more technical and confusing than the Hass floor from last year when we didn't know what it was the radius <laughs> yeah. of that was pointing in the wrong direction. Um, Even after Scarves had explained mm. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he needed diagrams, but he was on the other end of a phone. It was very difficult to get, to get the diagrams down to us. Tell you what, should we just move on to Toro Rosso instead? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's probably for the best. Um... Kvyat in 12th and Gasly in 8th. Gasly, of course, was one session down after Yamamoto took his car in FP1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And didn't do a bad job of it at all. Yeah, was was pretty handy. Not not too far off um, Kvyat's pace, I seem to recall. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Kvyat said they were, um, they were running different programmes, but... Uh, Sorry, I have <laughs> now thrown the glove. You've thrown the glove, <laughs> scattered, scattered cats and cardboard boxes everywhere. <laughs> They'll now, just, they'll now just be attacking the glove for a few minutes. So. <laughs> um, yeah, Kvyat said that um, 
obviously him and Yamamoto were on completely completely different programs, mm-hmm. but um, did a good job. Which it's a circuit that he's familiar with because he's um, two time form, um, Super Formula champion and uh, Super GT as well. Mm-hmm. So the guy is the guy is going to know Suzuka like the back of his hand, but it's the ideal place to give him give him a test drive. And he was just so chuffed to have had the opportunity to drive the car as well, which I just which lit up like my tiny beating heart when I when I see him do his wee interviews, and I was just like, oh, that's just so nice to see. And it was the perfect opportunity, and obviously they did have a discussion. I don't know, obviously, if you listened to much of what they said about his drive, but that probably, is he really going to get a seat? Probably not. It would only really be if Honda maybe took over the main sponsor, obviously, because as we had a slight discussion about Aston Martin earlier on, um, if they bugger off and then Honda maybe stepped into that position, that maybe they would have more leverage to get him a, a seat in the car. Yeah, well, as of today, it looks like Toro Rosso won't be going anywhere apart from um, down to the uh, down to the t-shirt printers to get their new name put on all the merch. <laughs> oh wait, what's this new name again? Al- Alpha Tori. Which... What the f- actual fuck? <laughs> Seriously? So this is this is a clothing brand, isn't it? Owned by uh, Dietrich Mateschitz. That sell 90 euro scarves. They are not classy items of clothing. And they are very expensive. More so than Kamoa. But could, could it not be named slightly different? Because now what we're going to Two alpha. alphas. But spelt differently. Uh, it's it's uh... named after a star in the Taurus constellation. Oh, good, good for that. <laughs> and basically, I've had, I've had a look at Alfatari's <laughs> website and it's clothes with a Red Bull logo on that don't say Red Bull. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nine, nine, uh, 90 euros for a scarf, 150 quid T-shirts, that, that kind of thing. Just you know, you know how we were having that conversation about merchandise? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, th- three T-shirts, and that's your R&D budget for next season sorted. Well, yeah, yeah, they've now got one, <laughs> team, one team selling the drink and one team selling the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Shan, I think you've basically that's, that's hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the better at selling the lifestyle. How can we make some more money? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been one of Lee's comments for about the last three years. Why do Red Bull need to do anything? They have all the money. Well, they now want even. they're now wanting even mm. more. Um, that that's really disappointing in in my view because I feel like Toro Rosso is really becoming a stronger name for itself, and even though obviously they're always still the sister sister team of Red Bull, but I feel this season especially and a little bit last season they're kind of they were established. You know who Toro Rosso are. You see the merch. You know the name, and they've just gone. We're going to change our name. Um, yeah, um, it's it's kind of with, with losing the Italian name as well. It's kind of they're still going to be in Faenza, but they're breaking the Minardi link. Yeah, they should bring back mm. Minardi as the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on on track, um, Pierre Gasly carrying on showing that it was definitely the wrong move to put him in Red Bull because he's far better in a Toro Rosso. Mm. Yeah, he's doing he's doing he's doing pretty well. 
Yeah, I think now that now that the pressure's gone, um, we're seeing the Pierre Gasly that we saw last year. Yeah, I agree. And Kvyat didn't have the best best of races because he, um, well, he bumped into Lance uh, Lance Stroll, bloody hell, Lando Norris on I think it was the first or second lap, and he suffered a bit of floor damage, and that that kind of compromised his race. Oh, I didn't realize he'd had a he'd had a rubbing. yeah. I didn't realise that either. Um, yeah, it was um, it was early on. They, un- they only oh, showed okay. the replay briefly once. Didn't, uh, they didn't even show it live, but they um, they knocked into each other at the chicane. That was Albon. Was it? Was it Albon? Yeah. I, th- I, th- <laughs> I thought it was Kvyat. No, yeah, it was no, it was Alex Albon because that's why all of Twitter were crying. <laughs> ah, right, because I saw Kvyat running into somebody no, early as well, no, and I thought was... that was the Norris one. I, I was very sleepy. It was deprived. Albon. It was investigated. There was no action. Everyone's mm. friends. It's right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Kvyat, Kvyat was carrying damage. You just I see a Red Bull-branded car and assume it's Kvyat. <laughs> it's, it's got the torpedo in there. Um, compared, compared to some of the embarrassing weekends that Honda have had in Suzuka over the last few years, GP2 engine being one of them, mm-hmm. um, not, not a bad showing, I don't think. Points? Yeah. Yeah. So... McLaren next. Right, Lando, who hit Albon then, or yes. got hit by Albon. Hit Albon and um, got debris from Leclerc, I think, as well, which um, gave him braking issues early on. Um, oh, yeah. Gutted, absolutely gutted for him. That was one of the moments, because like I said, how Twitter was all crying um, after <laughs> Alex and Lando came together. You could just see, I just saw the twi- my Twitter feed, and it was just all people sharing memes of sadness <laughs> and sad faces and people going, no, <laughs> the friendship is over. Ah, like just people freaking the fuck <laughs> out. How many of those were retweets from Lee? <laughs> they're, they're probably a possibility of a small percentage. <laughs> um, but no... The whole, I mean, he had the nightmare race crashed into Alex or Alex crashed into him, whichever way you see it. Um, And then obviously the lovely Leclerc debris, which I will get into later on. We've got uh, got a couple more teams to go before then, then we're just going to sit back and give you free reign. (laughs) Yeah, um, so, but it's it's a real, real shame because... Obviously, Carlos was super strong, but also Lando had a great start as well. And then his run of luck that he's not had this season kicked in again. Yeah. We're talking Johnny Herbert levels of bad luck here. Mm. Um, it's, it's a shame because um, he is he is the best of, best of the rookies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's just bad luck that has left him sort of where he is in the championship. He should be a hell of a lot further up. Yeah, but McLaren have had their bad luck moments, and I mean they've. I mean the car this year is great, and then it's just wee things happen or wee mistakes or wee bits of bad luck here and there, and it's it's really damaged their season, especially Lando's, and I think he could have been. I mean, both of them, Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris, could have been definitely even higher with points and even further up the chain than what they already are. And there would have been a 
bigger gap between McLaren and Renault, I think, if they hadn't had those little spells of bad luck. Definitely. I mean, you can't take anything away from science this weekend. He was um, he was spot on. I mean, Chris was cheering for a podium for him all weekend because you can guess where he had his money. <laughs> <laughs> and it, after a few after a few laps, it wasn't unfeasible. It, it could have happened. Yeah. It, I mean, at one point, I was, I was sitting there going, oh, my goodness, why did I not put money on Carlos Sainz this morning? Why did I not put money on Carlos Sainz? <laughs> because at one point I thought it takes for one of those Mercedes to cock up or have a mistake and he's on that podium. But then, obviously, as the race went on and we saw how fast Alex Albon was and obviously eventually did catch Carlos, but Carlos was able to hold off the Red Bull for... A good period of time, and I think that for McLaren was a huge win. Def- definitely. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts on McLaren um, reuniting with Mercedes in a couple of years' time? Well, I called it a little bit. Um, so I, I have very, very mixed feelings about it because I feel that they've, they've started to really make ground, and I'm scared that this is going to set them back again and that what Mercedes is promising them isn't going to happen and they're going to be back down the bottom of the food chain again after all the hard work that the team have put in. Um, Especially with the fact that they've put lots of hard work into not just the car, but they've put Zach Brown, who I've always had big criticisms of back in the day when it was jobs for the boys, um, which was the whole Eddie Jordan did this um, a video package and it was all about basically debunking why this person got hired and who was dating this person. And it was, it, I think everybody watching it jaw dropped and went, what are they doing at McLaren? And then finally, Zach Brown, I think, thought better of it. There was a whole lot of people that left, and I say left with quotation marks, Um and Zach's really turned the team around and he's hired the right people and it's a really good, solid team in terms of management and leaders in the team. They've got great drivers. I'm hoping that Lando and Carlos are in it for the long haul and they both seem very dedicated to McLaren and Zach Brown seems dedicated to him, even though he's obsessed with Fernando Alonso. But <laughs> I think he seems to be a bit more obsessed with Carlos Sainz Sr., so I feel like we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think everything's going to be fine. Um, but I really, I have my fingers crossed that this Mercedes engine that they're going to get is going to work and it's not going to set them back because it would be devastating, not only for the team and the people that work there and everybody that's on the ground making that team what it is right now, but the fans, they've built their fan base up like so much again like all the people who dropped away from McLaren are a hundred percent back in with the team they're full supporting the merch that they're selling is of astronomical levels because everybody loves Lando I mean who doesn't love Lando Norris seriously yeah and uh, also people people love appa- Carlos too so uh, apparently apparently Valentino Rossi um doesn't have Lando as his favorite driver but Lando is going all out to change that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so that's my thoughts on the Mercedes engine. I have high hopes, but I just hope 
I just hope that it works out because I don't think my heart could take it if it doesn't. <laughs> Somebody mentioned on Twitter, and I don't, I don't know, this, this could be part of it, but is Mercedes teaming up with McLaren again? Mercedes possibly looking at um, getting one foot in IndyCar. Because at the moment, IndyCar's all Honda and Chevrolet. And McLaren obviously starting the new IndyCar team with Arrow Schmidt-Peterson. And it's just, you know, a couple of, couple of years down the line with Mercedes powering the McLaren F1. It's like, oh, should we just build an IndyCar engine to see if it's any good? And maybe it's part of a longer-term Mercedes plan to get into another series, because obviously they're in, uh, they're in Formula E as of this season. They're literally in everything of... <laughs> That whoever whoever had that thought is very very smart and probably is a hundred percent right and that is definitely what I think they're doing. I think they're heavily invested in getting their engines into every single sport they can physically get it into. I don't know why. I wonder if it's got something to do with the fact that they're just not earning money from the road cars as much anymore because the quality has gone down so much, and they're having to think of other ways to bring in the money that they want to have because obviously a business like that just want to eat up money like it's going out of fashion so that could be they're spending money to make money it could be and of course of course once they've got the foot in one american series how far is it from uh, oh okay so we'll uh, we we we've got saloon cars i wonder how they'd go round ovals in nascar anything is possible at this rate in mercedes mm. I think once they jumped in, the news broke about them jumping into Formula E. I think it was very much a, a scene that motorsport is where we are putting everything into. And and I think if you look, and it's quite interesting, if you look at their car production and how they're, well they're doing in motorsport, the quality of their cars have gone down while they've excelled in motorsport. I'm probably just pulling that out my backside. Um, <laughs> but there's, it's. I don't know if there's maybe a slight coincidence there, possibly. Is there? I don't know. Mm. Just a thought. I don't know. We're, we're big into wild speculation on there, as you probably well know anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the rumour has it. Uh, right, we've got Renault next. Um, Hulk in 10th and Danny Rick in 6th. Um, really good to see Danny back towards the front end rather than languishing. That team radio, when they gave the, the team order for him to, that was just, that was classic Danny Rick <laughs> and I'm going to get you mode. And he went for it and he did what he was saying and you could hear on that radio when he gave that response that he was 100% committed to catching the cars in front of him. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's looking, he's looking more and more like the honey badger of old these days. He's getting I, his confidence back. It's, it's, been, it's been a crap season for him. I mean, the first three races, he admitted himself, he wasn't 100% comfortable with the car. But it was a hell of a step because after driving an Adrian Newey designed car for so long, yeah, anything else, anything else is just going to feel wrong. But also the car itself, it wasn't really him. It was the car itself that wasn't good at the start of the season. So even though he didn't feel comfortable, the car had a big part to do with that. It wasn't really necessarily him fitting in as such. But like you said, he's was driving something that was completely out of his remit of what he'd been used to driving. But um, 
quality performance from them this weekend. And what is that? That's the th- only the third double points finish they've had this season. Oh, really? Blimey. Assu- <laughs> Assuming they're allowed to keep it. If they if they keep at the mo- as things stand, <laughs> I think that is the third double points finish that they've had this season. The, the third time both cars have ended the race in the top ten. <laughs> yes, yeah, that'll do. And we're seventeen races in. You would not have predicted that in February. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> we will start. Video- we will start video streaming these shows one bad. day. Yeah, it's it's just it's just been an absolute nightmare year for them. Um, it's it's a shame as things stand. We're not going to see Hulk on the grid next year because I, I still I still think he is good enough to um, to deserve a place in a team, especially when mentioning no names. But you look at the quality of I don't know, a certain racing point and Haas drivers. Ah. <laughs> 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 That was their, their fourth double. Oh, it was, it was fourth. Was, um... Oh, well, that makes it all yeah. so much better, doesn't <laughs> it? Uh, Canada, Britain, Italy, and Japan. It's still, yeah, it's still not it's what you'd expect. You'd think, but yeah. um, you know, if their break break by system doesn't be, doesn't get found to be illegal, at least they've made progress on the car and it's doing stuff. But I mean, going from winning Formula One point five last year to being, to being also Rans. Yeah, yeah, being adrift behind McLaren, who seems to have got fourth place sewn up. It's yeah. um, it's a drop. It would have several beatable for uh, for a quote on that, but it would be unintelligible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um, right, move on to Red Bull next. Um, a DNF for Max again, but not an engine blowing this time. Yeah, that it, was just unfortunate. Um, too much damage on the car to continue, and basically he had his race screwed on lap one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can I just add a little tidbit in here? Did I don't know if Lee explained to you about um, of what had happened about one of the bets that I put on when I put on Max Verstappen to get a podium. No, he's not mentioned that. Well, my mother has a has quite a strong hatred for Max Verstappen. Um, to what she said to me is, I will give you the money <laughs> that you would win <laughs> for Max Verstappen getting on the podium if he doesn't get on the podium. <laughs> so a win-win for you. <laughs> so I think he ended on fourth. So I was like, that'll be £36, please, mother. Thank you very much. And she did actually pay up. I'm not kidding. She actually did. Fair play. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just thought I would add that. And my mum has always held a grudge against him after his uh, juvenile behaviour with one Esteban Ocon. Um, <laughs> so my mother's kind of held that against him, <laughs> which is a shame because I think he's wonderful now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most, most people's grudges against Max stem from their favourite driver being run off the road by his dad at some point. Really? Um, yeah, Yoss was a bit wild in his day and crashy, so, like like father, like son. Yeah, and also he did get set in fire as well, which is one thing that's always blown my mind. Oh, yes, yeah, um, there are plenty of pictures of that if you've not uh, not seen the uh, the infamous exploding Benetton. That 
That's not. I wonder if that did something to Joss that when it came to the time to have Max, that that put all that energy into Max, and then that's what's made Max so fiery. And so I'm just pulling <laughs> shit. Instead, Max. instead of blood, he has <laughs> petrol. <laughs> don't go. Don't go out for a curry with him. <laughs> I'm so sorry for everybody listening, but I do have the worst laugh ever. <laughs> and sometimes I, I do try to hide it at times, but sometimes when something's funny, you just got to laugh. So I do oh, When you try to stifle a laugh, it just makes it worse as well. <laughs> you end up laughing harder somehow. <laughs> it's all right. We're keeping Dan well away from that reverb, reverb button on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, did we find out the results of the FIFA tournament that uh, Max had in his I hotel don't room? It no, they're being all very secretive mm. about it. Which leads me to believe Max didn't win. Yes. <laughs> because you had half a dozen of the most competitive people around all playing each other at FIFA, which, let's face it, any um, any video game competition is likely to induce the competitive spirit. And in people that are already competitive, um, I could see furniture going. Well, Carlos said no comment. <laughs> Lando said something around about the same sort of lines as the fact that let's not talk about it. So they both had their asses handed to mm-hmm. them then. <laughs> yeah. Max was also very hush hush about it. So he did. I don't know. actually think anybody asked him about it though, because I think obviously he was already very annoyed about what happened during the race. So I think people were scared to ask him about it. <laughs> because if it, if that hadn't gone his way, and also he was out the race, I mean, World War Three was going to probably start. <laughs> So I'm thinking that the fact that Max had a slight level of calm to him, probably should, we can assume that he probably won. <laughs> that is that is a good theory, actually. I wonder if we'll get to, get to find that out in uh, in Mexico. So, if any, if anyone's listening, that's going to be at a press conference or any of the media events during the Mexican Grand Prix, can you can you ask that question on our behalf, please? Statman's going to be there. We, Sean, can, we can get him to do it. Sean's going to be there. We'll get him. Yeah, we'll get him to. Uh, we'll get him to pin Max down. <laughs> The anticipation is killing us. Can somebody just please tell us who won the bloody FIFA tournament? <laughs> it was the most exciting thing that happened on Saturday, seeing as, we, mm. seeing as we didn't get qualified. I was quite gutted that they didn't, they weren't able to like rustle something up together that they could have maybe done a live stream or something because I think that would have been really great. Considering half the fans were probably bored out their tiny minds as well <laughs> with the fact that there was no qualifying. They could at least put a blooming FIFA tournament on Twitch for us to watch. I, I reckon that the PlayStation didn't work, so uh, it was technical difficulties and none of them got to play, oh. which is which is why it didn't go up on Instagram or Snapchat or anything like that and why non, no one's admitting to have won. Yeah, But then it also, it also could have been, though, the fact that I know that Japan were having issues with internet and things like that during the typhoon. So it could be something like that, whether it just wasn't going to be possible for them to do it. Because their their Instagrams throughout the day were very few and far between. So I don't know if maybe they were all having connectivity issues. Um, and let's face it, hotel Wi-Fi is always crap. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's because everyone will have been in the hotel as well. So oh everyone my goodness. will have been on it all at once. Oh. <laughs> I think we've just found, I think we've just found the yep. explanation. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that's that one. Uh, right, Alex Alban, fourth, um, fourth place. He is doing a great job. Mm. 
Doing he what is, he needs to. You, you did call Norris the top rookie earlier, but it is Alban. Alban's got the... Alban's got the car. He's got, he's got, yeah, the, he's got, he's got the, the car, car yeah. but in terms of points in championship, it's Alban. Mm. Um, but yeah, since, since the move... Um, I think I think he's done enough to earn that mm-hmm. seat, certainly he's, he's for the outsc- first half of next season. He's outscored Verstappen since the move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I mean, is what? <laughs> he's took to that car and that team like a duck to water. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people actually expected him to settle in so well, but he has the demeanour to deal with the pressure. It's clear that the team really, really like him. He's polite. He he just seems an absolute joy to be around, even on his bad days. So, and he's beaten Max Verstappen. Yeah, Max has had some really bad luck. But go, Alex. Well, you wave that Italian British flag proudly and you take that Red Bull seat and you run with it. I, the people that I feel sorry for in this are uh, Moose Cider. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they signed this deal with Toro Rosso, Thai Cider Company. Get it on, get it on the car with uh, somebody, somebody that races under a Thai flag. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, God, he's not in the team anymore. And then Gasly had to go to Thailand before the Japanese Grand Prix. He did about a week there. He went for the MotoGP Thai Grand Prix. And then he did like some kind of meeting with the, the Prime Minister of Thailand. And he went on this like four or five day media tour for <gasps> a cider company that he clearly has no idea who they are. <laughs> I I think that'll all change, though. If... If Alex's seat becomes a permanent fixture, we'll see next season that all that will probably all swap around. Yeah, yeah it it would it wouldn't surprise. We'll have to pay through the nose for it, but the exposure they'll get from it will be fantastic. Yeah, and I think as as everything with Red Bull, it's all interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So, and I think there's probably a flexibility with sponsors as well. But I think probably because this was their first year tied to a car, that's why they were stuck in the situation yeah. when Gasly no, jumped in. No pun intended with no. the yeah. tied car <laughs> one. Um, so I think that that might once renegotiations and contracts and all that happen again, that that will probably switch around and they will probably be a sponsor for his car in the Red Bull team. It would be good, but it would be great to see him carrying on in Red Bull next year because um, I'd like to see what he can do in a, in a full season of that car. Basically, all he had to do this year was just keep coming six. And he would have looked better than Gasly for the first half of the season. But he's surpassed that. You know. Yeah, I mean, fourth place. He got fourth place. Yeah. And that is all right. There was a Red Bull that didn't finish, but he finished ahead of a Ferrari. Yep. Yep. You can, if, you can call shenanigans all you want, but you've got to be in that position on the track mm-hmm. to take advantage of what's happened. What happened in front of you? Absolutely, and also, and this is and this is why I, that was, I said the same thing earlier when we were talking about Carlos Science was the fact that it took one of those Mercedes to have one issue, and he was on that podium. They're definitely they're definitely due one this year. They've been they've been uh, they've been too reliable. <laughs> I think with everything else that happened, we have to do the top two teams all at once. I'm taking yep. a deep breath in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll start with the uh, with the lowest finisher of the top two teams, which would be a certain Monogasque 
driver. The birthday boy. The birthday boy, who finished seventh. And um, should we just run for the shelters now and let Susie have her... Uh... <laughs> I, know you, I know you've got things to say on this one. <laughs> yes. First, I would like to say that uh, I am a Charles Leclerc fan, by the way. Um, I, I, I think he's... I think he's awesome. I think he's going to be a future world champion. He is a great driver. He's been through a lot. He's experienced a lot in his young life and he's overcome it and he's in one of the top Formula One teams in the world today. But he royally fucked up in Japan. Royally fucked up in Japan. Um, And from the get-go, it was sort of a chain of events where it was like, is he for real? Really? Is he going to push it that far? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it escalated pretty quickly. Um, so obviously he had his little argy-bargy with Verstappen, which at first I think we'll all agree was we were quite quite annoyed about. He ruined an opportunity and he messed up. But then... He proceeds to ignore his team when they ask him to pit. <laughs> this is where everything goes horribly wrong. That that's the thing. I mean, he got told he got told to pit, and then said the car's okay. Yeah, um, it wasn't. It was raining carbon fibre and sparks. He was holding yes. bits of it on. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. All, we've all seen the video now of him taking one thirty R one handed while holding his left mirror on with his right hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what, was that, is... what was that thinking, by the way? You're just going to do that for the whole race. It was clearly coming off at that point. Well, I, but this is the thing, Shan. I don't think he was trying to hold it on. I think he was trying to rip it off. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And and this is where... Pe- <laughs> just, like, another piece of car going, and this is what also makes me really mad. Um. So, but the thing is, though, and this, this is... This is the part of the story that where Ferrari can get a little bit of the blame here. They should have used their words differently to say that this is dangerous, you have to pit. Yeah, the car's running fine, but what you're doing right now is dangerous. Now, he's young, hot-headed at this moment in time. You could tell by his radio and his tone and his voice, which was like, that boy needs a bottle and sent to his bed. (laughs) Because he sounded like a child. Like, I think it's fine. It was it was that really like no Shall <laughs> pit immediately for safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it should have been clear. It should be, you need to do this. This is dangerous, you need to pit. Not and I feel like sometimes Ferrari are a bit like this because they have like their drivers, they give their drivers this god complex. And I feel like when they have to be authoritative, sometimes they can't. And I feel in that situation, they should have been harder with them and said, you need to get in right now. This is dangerous. Because they must have seen that there was bits flying off the car. And this is... Sorry, on you go. I was going to say this. Before um, I carry on. (laughs) I mean, they, they were told to pit by race control. And he stayed out. Uh, I think it was Jeff Sharp who um, said, do you think under Charlie Whiting, Ferrari would have brought him in because they knew that Charlie would have come down on him like a ton of bricks? And with with Massey in charge, they were just trying to see how far they could push things. And I think that is a a distinct possibility because they, you know, Ferrari do like to push the rules to the furthest extent. And 
But that doesn't change Charles, though. No. That doesn't change his behaviour and how he was acting in the moment. No. And I don't no, think no, I'm not there's any, a difference. Yeah, I'm not making any excuses for the way that he acted. No, 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 I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I think the outcome would... St- even though Ferrari had said, you have to box right now, this is... You you have to do this or your race is done, he still would have carried on. I think he was in that frame of mind that there was no no matter what you were going to say say to him, you could have told him that his engine was on fire, but that car felt fine, so he was going to keep driving. Yeah, and then, of course, when, when the end plate went... Um the amount of carbon fibre that was flying all over the place. Took uh, took one of Lewis's mirrors out, um, lodged itself in Landon yep. Lewis's brake ducts. Yep. Um, it, so that was and just... That, <laughs> and that was, when we saw that shot, was when, for me, it took a turn for me, and I was just like, hold on a second here. We've gone from, oh, he's going to get a drive through penalty to way, way more serious. I mean, remember back to when the spring hit Felipe Massa's car. Now, I know carbon isn't metal, but when it's still hurtling towards you at 130 miles per hour and has the power to take Lewis Hamilton's wing mirror off, can you imagine what that would have done if it had hit his head? Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's sharp. It can, it can pierce a race suit with no problems. Who was the sidecar driver that he had? Uh, he lost his arm because he got carbon fibre in driver or passenger was it nick crow uh, it was nick crow yeah yeah um one of the one of the guys in the tt um had a had a crash in his sidecar actually got carbon fiber embedded in his arm and when it went into his bloodstream lost his arm <gasps> well that's well that's just made my points even <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's not it's not a good material to have coming at you really and, and you could really, that one shot that they managed to catch really showed the scale of it. Mm-hmm. And no wonder no wonder Lewis was going crazy over the radio and saying, what the hell? Because it was so dangerous. And it's the fact that he did not think. And I, th- and I think that was where his immaturity, immaturity was coming in. Because I think if it was maybe, if it happened to Sebastian... He would have known better that having that flapping about and bits flying everywhere was a danger. And I think, and I was just very angry because especially, and this is where I say Ferrari are partly to blame as well for this because they should have been more hard on him and said, get in the pitch right now, get in the body box because this is dangerous. Not only did he ruin Verstappen's race with the crash to begin with. But not only that, he put Hamilton in danger, physical physical danger, and also ruined Lando's race as well. And that's why I was very, very happy to see how heavy they were with the penalty for him. Not only did he get a five-second penalty for his crash with Verstappen, he got a 10-second penalty for, obviously, the debris and the danger that he caused. And they gave him penalty points, which I think was the right decision and also the fine as well. And I hope it's actually him that pays it and not Ferrari because at the end of the day, it was him that was doing the day. Even though Ferrari did make mistakes and they should have been more harder on him to make sure that he went into that pit. But I actually feel like Charles Leclerc should have been should be the one that's forking out the money out of his pocket to pay that fine because at the end of the day it was his mistake, it was his fault. He was the one that put people in danger, and there's no excuse for it. 
can't argue with that. That is, that, you know, that is more than a fair, more than a fair point. Um, on to Sebastian Vettel next with second place after qualifying on pole but being outstarted by Bottas. Um, I think he was confused. He was more confused by Mercedes' strategy than anything else. As were we yeah. all. As was, it, as was everyone. Um, yeah, and especially because, did you see, because you know how they've got the new tyre dig, dig thing? Yes. The wee, yeah. yeah. The, wee box, the wee box thingy in the mm-hmm. bottom right-hand corner, um, let's call it. Uh, they pitied him with 70% life left in his tyres. Did you notice that? Yeah, and then when he had about 20% life left, he, he was saying how good the tyres were feeling. I'm not sure how useful that tyre information display is. <laughs> Let me. There are a few find. graphics, aren't there, that you're just like, really, what is what is this providing me with? And I but think that might be one. Of them. But that that was one of the things that made Lewis's race suffer at the end was because see if they just kept him out for two more laps on those tires that apparently had seventy percent left in them, hmm. he would have had more tires at the end to have ca- catch Sebastian, and that was why you could see him backing off was because those tires were dead. And you could see by the graphic they were under 20% at the end of the race. Yeah. There was nothing left of them. They were gone. Um, Another podcast, uh, Shift Plus F1, was saying um, from what they found, it sounds like the percentages are guesswork from Pirelli and they are not actual data from the teams. Well, I thought thought it was. They were pulling... I thought it was. They were pulling data from the teams. Because I'm sure they said that during the coverage that that was what was happening. I, I, I don't know if it's... Um, Do we want to keep an eye on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know when you, when you get that readout on, when you're on the PlayStation game, that's coming direct <laughs> from the car. Because yes. I know that it's not powered by Pirelli, it is powered by AWS, which makes me think that they are coming from the car. Yeah, want mm. to, uh, want, like I say, want to monitor, I think, going forward. Yeah, keep, keep an eye on that. But um, great drive from Vettel, but... Lost it at the start to an immense getaway from Bottas. Yes, he was, he, <laughs> and he's he was an incredible off the line. Off, oh, I, I mean, what what he had a great start. He had a great start, and Vettel obviously made a mistake with the start. Um, technically, the rules say he didn't jump the start, but he did, and that that meant that. Vettel didn't get the best start he could, but yeah, can't fault Bottas's start. Uh, I mean, it was as they, they were saying, obviously, that nobody's won the race from third and fourth before. He did it, and he did it spectacularly. <laughs> yeah, every, everyone was saying if there was going to be a winner from the second row for the first time, it was going to be Hamilton, but no, they, um, they get away from Bottas. But what Vettel's start was very confusing when you look at what happened with Raikkonen. Well, Raikkonen crossed the line, didn't he? Yeah. That's yeah. what the difference is. Yeah, I think that was far enough back so that he didn't... He had a little sort of room for... I think there's... From what I've read, there are two things. One is that, yeah, Raikkonen crossed the line. The other mitigating factor for Vettel was that he had stopped by the time the lights went out. I see. So he mm. wasn't moving at the start of the race. 
and he was still behind the line. So and he's still behind yeah. the line. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Te- technically, he was still lining Just up in his group slot. Adjusting within the box. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I... Bet- Vettel's car had a sneeze when <laughs> yeah. was full yeah. throttle. Yeah. Ad- adjusting, adjusting within the box was something I had to do on that bike ride on Saturday, which yes. you'll hear about yeah. if you listen to the Patreon this week. <laughs> Um, but look, looking at Mercedes, um, yeah, the, the, the pit strategy was just all over the place. Did they need to bring Hamilton in for that second stop and give the race to Bottas? And I mean, Lewis certainly didn't think so because he, he was not happy by the end of things. But it did give him the fastest lap, which gave them the point that gave them the constructor's title before Leclerc's penalty. I think. Yes. If maths. Yeah, are I think. Yeah, yeah, I th- <laughs> yeah. I think um, if even without Leclerc's penalty, that point won him the constructors' yeah. title. Mm-hmm. So there was a positive that came out of that, but I, th- I think Lewis was in his usual super competitive. I'm only here to win, and he was questioning the team strategy again during the race and. Which is understandable because we were all questioning it, so I yeah. don't yeah. understand why, why he should be questioning it as well. Yeah, yeah when, when the person who it's affecting the most doesn't know what's going on, what chance do we have? <laughs> Damn right. But um, yeah, dom- dominant performance by Mercedes in most areas, just one weird decision. And let's face it, we all knew they were going to take the Constructors' title anyway from a while back. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, and I think, I, I think looking on obviously the race as well, that was they knew that that was their main priority for Japan was to secure the team champion. That that was what they were going for, and I think that was why they made the decisions that they made because at the end of the day, yeah, they wanted to have a Mercedes driver win the race, but I don't think they really cared who it was because they knew that 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 championship constructors championship was right there it was in their grasp and that was the most important thing for that day uh, and so, also the chances of Bottas winning the championship are close to zero so if mm-hmm. he gets a waste race win which lifts his spirits a bit and keeps him going that's no bad thing for the team no keeps his confidence up for the yeah. rest of the season yeah I mean it's it's pretty much nailed on Lewis Hamilton is going to take the driver's title yeah. Um, barring a Lando, Lando Norris-esque run of luck for the rest of the season <laughs> and Bottas walking away with every, every remaining race and there's only four to go. Um, I, can, I can't see it going any other way. No. no. But what was it Chris came out with? Valtteri Bottas now has as many Constructors' Championships as Nico Rosberg. Oh, yes, he did come out with that, didn't he? Yeah, yes. that, was, that, was, that was one of Chris's pearls of wisdom <laughs> on sleep-deprived <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Um, right, now we've had time to look back. I know we all said Bottas was driver of the day on Sunday at the time. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts for driver of the day? No, I think I, I think I stick with that. I think he, he did a very, very good start and made his strategy work and won. I voted for Carlos Sainz for driver of the day. Definitely worthy of an honourable mention. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, yeah, Bottas had a great start. He, he drove his race, but in terms, I feel like it was a relatively easy drive for him. Whereas I feel like Carlos had to work harder for his position, and I think 
and he had a great start too. Um, so I feel they're kind of level level pegged when it comes to effort. <laughs> yeah. They have different merits, I think, to both, yeah. uh, yes. both of their performances. Carlos Sainz gets A for effort. <laughs> <laughs> and normally we'd say heroes and villains, but we renamed it last week, so this, this race is rock stars and wankers. Uh, uh, ty- typhoon, <laughs> typhoon for wanker. Ty- ty- typhoon Hagibis yeah. for... Def- yeah. Definitely on the wanker up. Big windy wanker. Yep. I wonder who's going to mention a Ferrari driver as one of the wankers. Um, possibly <laughs> me. Um, yeah. I mean, normally, see, that's that's the thing. I, like I said, I do like him. Don't think I'm bashing him. That I don't like Charles Leclerc because I do. I think he's great. But no, for this race, a hundred percent a wanker. <laughs> And for one of my votes for rock stars, any fan that turned up on any day of the weekend with a rear wing hat. Oh, of course, they yes. are the best. Inve- oh, they are the best invention so in the cool. grandstands. <laughs> I, I want one. I don't even. Care. I don't care which team. <laughs> Actually, can we just say that the Japanese fans as a whole are rock stars because they are some of the most incredible people yeah. and in- yeah, most definitely. amazing human beings on the planet. I have a big love for Japan and it's somewhere that I really, really hope to go one day. And literally the fans, and if you have Japanese people that follow you in any sport, they are die hard. They will go to bat for you. They love sport and they're so passionate about it. And there's no other fans in the world like Japanese sports fans. It's, it's and like, not just sports fans; it's uh, Japanese music fans as well who are some yeah. of the most dedicated. I've been I've been to uh, I've been to a lot of shows in London, um, small bands playing clubs, and there's been people that have flown over from Japan that are um, that obsessed with the bands that will travel halfway around the world to go to a pub somewhere in Finsbury Park to see a band. That's amazing. They are just utter rock stars. Just all of those people there are just amazing. And the fact that they managed to deal with that typhoon, yet still turn up in their droves on a Sunday for the whole day, when maybe some of them were maybe having to deal with really horrible situations at home and they still turned up, that just shows you how amazing the Japanese people are. Yeah, fantastic dedication. Um... I think that about covers the race, so uh, probably look at uh, what's happening in the news and we'd have to do it in a jump cut this week, even though the story's come out since Monday night, which makes a change. Um, can, I, can I just add one wee tidbit? Because obviously we're talking about Sebastian Vettel's jump start. Um, did anyone see the post-race press conference? I've gone to, I did not. I've gone, no, I've gone to bed by that point. had commenced. <laughs> Well, it's very, uh, for anyone who's listening who's seen it, they will know what I'm talking about, where Lewis Hamilton literally calls out Sebastian Vettel laughing hysterically and says, you jump-started just to tell us, like, be honest, you, you did it, and Sebastian Vettel pan-facing, I don't see anything wrong with it, <laughs> nobody saw anything wrong with it, while Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton sit pishing themselves laughing at him while, he, while Vettel sits there stone pan face like turn he turned round to Lewis and says what are you laughing at <laughs> <laughs> he spent way too much time with Kimmy in the past <laughs> oh yes, oh, yes. <laughs> have you not noticed how much Beto's changed since Kimmy was his teammate 
Man, don't put anybody with Kimi Raikkonen for a long time because he's going to rub off on you, he clearly. Was, Jeez. Vettel was a, a lot more fun, wasn't he, when he was Red Bull? He seemed to have a bit more mischief. Now he's just like a wee grumpy dad. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we haven't seen him happy since the infamous Monaco, well, I'm happy. Um, After this weekend um, Sunday qualifying has been Floated round quite a bit What do we think? Didn't mind it Didn't enjoy the fact that it was A a ridiculous hour of the night Time time differences (laughs) aside Hmm To me, the thing that makes Sunday qualifying interesting far more than the fact that it's on the same day as the race is that the teams haven't got enough data to be perfect, so you get surprises. But if it was a regular thing, then they would get all of the data that they need. Yeah, So I love it when it happens by accident, Mm. but it's like wet races. Wet races are ace because you get the surprises. But we don't want sprinklers. Yeah, it's a treat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting one because I I was all for it. I thought it was especially if they're going to do this reverse grid order race that Lewis thinks is terrifying and Sebastian thinks is bullshit, which I actually think's going to be fantastic and complete carnage and just brilliant to watch. Yeah. But if they did that on the Saturday and then did another qualifying for the main race, so like the feature race, but then you would no, because then you would have to have qualifying for that race and then have the other race. Oh, maybe not. But anyway, <laughs> I think qualifying and racing the same day was great. The only issue that I have with it is I think it's too much on the mechanics. Yeah. I think it's a little bit too much if something goes wrong for them to... It puts them under incredible amounts of stress. Not only is the race weekend stressful for them enough as it is, but that is really kicking it up a notch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, Williams' mechanics are rock stars. Oh, my... Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. they're well, on well, the rock Williams, star list. Williams and Haas deserve the rock star award yeah. for mm. gluing those two cars back together. In fact, in Kibitz's case, practically building a new yeah. one. Yeah, I mean... Uh, and that that's the only thing I don't know if there's a way of maybe making the race slightly later so it kind of gives the mechanics a little bit more of a buffering time sorry say that again bring back the tea car uh, maybe yeah I, it's I just think if they just did it right with the times I think it would be okay I mean, it's tricky because obviously the the times are there for the maximum amount of TV exposure, and you know if they if they change that again, I mean you you get some races, uh, for example Australia, that's run as late as possible during the day. Yeah, because of TV. Because of, uh, because of TV to try and not make it too after time for European viewers, but it's uh, it's coming dusk by the time the finish in Melbourne, so they can't you know they can't delay that any further. But we have to do what. But what, what's the difference if they did that for one more race, though, to have a crazy time? Because we all just had to sit up from half five in the morning to watch this one. So why not have another race where we have to sit up <laughs> at a crazy time? I don't fancy getting up at half one again. <laughs> Jeez. That's, that's, that's half one on a Saturday is normally mm, possibly thinking about one more drink before bed. Not. <laughs> 
not having a coffee and some ready break. Other cereals are available. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if the whole one, one day Sunday thing would work, but I, I, I mean, I'm old. I, I miss the days of the warm up. Because you used to have to watch the Sunday morning warm up on Eurosport, and then the race itself would be on BBC too. Jeez, how long ago was that? About 1993. I was two. <laughs> so you'd been watching for at least a year, if not more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. No, because that would be right, because that would be what I'd been watching it on then. It would have been BBC Two then. Because it, it what year did it go to ITV again? Uh, 97. Oh, so... Yeah, because Damon Hill was the last BB champion on BBC. Oh my goodness, jeez, so it would have been. God, who, who was commentating back then? It was um, not not commentating. Sorry, I mean like who who was actually presenting the show back then uh, on BBC? Uh, probably been Steve Ryder, who went to ITV. Jeez, actually. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> But yeah, so, yeah, Sunday morning warm-ups used to be a thing, especially um, Australia and Japan, because you'd you'd manage to sort of watch it just as you were going to bed, and then get up in time for the race. I just, just probably should have done probably should have done that at the weekend, but the two sessions were too close together, and there weren't live blogs back in those days. <laughs> <laughs> I remember back back then, I could just get up five minutes before lights out. Um, right, I'm looking at the rest of the news stories. I think we've covered everything. Uh, the yeah. player penalty, Sunday qualifying, Miami Grand Prix, Alpha Tori, HWA and F2. 2021 regulations, the latest. Now, it looks like they are more likely to happen, but six teams have now voted against them. Yeah, there's still a lot of contention, isn't there? I think they're having some votes this week, but it would appear the midfield teams are maybe more amenable to it than those at the front, was the general consensus, I think. Christ, it's just as bad as Brexit, man. <laughs> just make a decision already. That, maybe that's the thing. What will happen first, Brexit or 2021 regulations? Well, they've both is... got the deadline of the 31st of October. <laughs> so <Yeah>. they do. <laughs> um, I, who was, it was actually Christian Horner that made a comment about that, actually. Um, which was which He actually made a Brexit comment at the weekend, which was quite interesting. Um, but... No, I, I just, I just wish they would just hurry up and just do it because it's getting to that point now where it's just like the petty behaviour where the team starts to come out at this point because everybody's just wanting to get pen on paper and you've got those teams or, or certain individuals that are throwing the toys out the pram for this word here or that word here, so... I mean, there, there isn't another sport where the participants have that much say in the writing of the rules. No. That's true. And, I mean, maybe this is, this is kind of where F1 have got things wrong, but that's a legacy to how Bernie had to set it up to keep everyone sweet. I don't necessarily say it's a bad thing, but I feel like there needs to be a line drawn where someone needs to step in and say, right, you're taking the piss here now. Sign the bloody paper, and that's it. But then, need to... but then Ferrari will just veto that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there needs to be one person that they appoint 
and if it gets to the ridiculous stage, they've got no other option. If that if that person says that's it, it's done. That's it, it's over, and the, they can, they all need to sh- shush. I'm hope I'm hoping that person is Ross Brown. Yeah. Well, you would hope you would hope so. But yeah, the the, the twenty twenty one regulations. Hopefully, that won't rumble on past the end of the month. You never know. Two weeks time, we'll be talking about. It looks like it's getting. It looks like it's getting signed. That's it. We know we'll know what it's all going to be about next week, and it'll be done. And then they'll have to go back to Europe and ask for an extension. Oh, hang on, no, I've gone into Brexit now again. You say, is it, it's easy to confuse the two. Oh my goodness, it's like they're parallel at the moment. Uh, never get involved in sport or politics. It's a bit late for Good that. advice. Uh, right. In that case, that means and it's me that's running this one tonight. It's total oh, shunt time. Have you got one? I have got one. I am just about to load it up now. I should have prepared this <gasps> oh my idea. goodness, this is my first total shunt. <laughs> it, it is. So you know all those weeks when um, when you're swearing at your phone saying, for God's sake, why haven't you got it yet? Now we'll find out mm. how hard it is to do it. <laughs> uh, well, huh. well let's, let's just not get our hopes up too high here. <laughs> Right, well, this, uh, this one has been sent in and um, reminded of the fact that it was sat in my inbox yesterday by um, somebody who's turned out to be a fairly regular contributor to the show, Santerio Nasty. Ah, so it's going to be someone's finish. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start brushing up on the finish. Ah, but is That it? is a ah. fantastic name, by the way. <laughs> to, to their parents who named them that name, congratulations. <laughs> He's actually, he's actually the most talkative Finnish person I've come across in years. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hear him speak, and oh yeah, he's Finnish. <laughs> Does he just sound like how every other Finnish person sounds, like Kimi Räikkönen? Yeah, Räikkönen, Hakkinen, although Bottas. yeah, um, <laughs> although the only Finnish people that don't sound like Finnish people are usually in bands that I've been listening to. Hmm. But anyway, the total shunt. Right, I was born. Correct start. In 1975. Okay. You disappeared disappeared for a second. That could be a multitude of people. (laughs) Yes. So could could this next clue. I'm best known for being a pay driver. Best known for being a what? Pay driver. Paid for, someone, paid for his yeah, seat. Someone 44 and a pay driver is interesting. My career began in 1999 as a test driver. You need a guess now, Do don't you? And that's your third clue, so I'm gonna need I'm gonna need your first guess. So wait, 44 did you say it would be? Yeah, it would yeah. be 44 yeah. this born, year. Born in 1975. How an old would Pedro Della Rossa be? Roughly the right age, I think. Although I possibly May- want to say we might older. have had him not that long back. 1999 as a test driver? Mm. So, yeah, you would He's have... 44 today. Well, 44 this year. Yeah, maybe yeah, not today. <laughs> no, no, that's my 
I've I've been in America too long. I'm saying Americanisms. <laughs> That's also how I say aluminum sometimes, oh. and my boss looks at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I mean, you would think if we're looking at a test driver in 99 it's probably someone who was in a car early noughties is kind of yeah. where I was coming out with the Della Rossa but oh eh. but I, I don't think of him as a pay driver as mm, such true true mm. go with it for more information yeah Yeah. Okay, so you're going for, you're going for Pedro Della Rossa as your first why guess why not okay my last open-wheeled race was in 2004. Not Della Rossa. So that's quite a short turnaround. 2004? Yeah, that's quite short from pay driver, from test driver to pay driver to end of open-wheel career. Next clue? Yeah. Yeah. Since then, I've raced saloon cars in my home country and trucks in Brazil and the occasional sports car events overseas. Oh, okay. This is trucks in Brazil. Good so, Lord. So he's not Brazilian. Unless this is just very cleverly worded. Because it doesn't say Brazil, not my home country. <laughs> Damn, I thought, oh we'd, I thought we'd narrowed it down. Loophole. There might be a loophole. <laughs> This is a really difficult one. So just could you <laughs> run us through that again? It's the saloon cars. Yeah. Uh, since then, I've raced saloon cars in my home country, uh-huh. trucks in Brazil, mm-hmm. and the occasional sports car event overseas. Okay. Saloon, saloon cars in my own country. Wh- which countries are big on saloon cars? Australia. Because you don't get much saloon car racing mm. from say Japan do no, you? No, you would get Australia, no. US Also not Finland No, not enough mud and shale and stuff really for that. Um... Folk racing <laughs> what they call it It's not somebody, it can't be someone British It could be, I think saloon saloon car racing exists It's I can give, you, uh, give you the next clue yeah, before your next guess Yeah, I think guess. so, I think okay. so. My highest F1 finish was eighth. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> do we need to do another guess now? We do, don't uh, we? Yep, that's clue six, so I'm going to need a guess from you. <laughs> See, I was, I was thinking, no, because it can't be Kovalainen, because one, I don't think he's old enough, no. and I think my years are... Wrong. He he, made he his won a debut. race. He won a race. He made his oh, debut. Oh yes, so we did. Two thousand seven. Oh, that was stupid. Yeah, so I was completely yeah. off. Oh, completely <laughs> off there. It ha- it scrambles your brains this sometimes. Someone like Mark Genet, maybe. Interesting. I thought he was older, but I could be wrong. I do need a guess from you on this one. I don't know. I get confused by time. <laughs> 44. 40, I, there's something about that age, and I'm trying to think of drivers who could be that age. It's, I think it's, it's the 2004 that's throwing me, because drivers I think of as being a sort of that age are ones that have been in F1. 
not recently. Uh, can I, yeah. can, more but, but like, recently. Can I, Weber is that sort can of age, isn't he? Oh, no, because I don't know. Has he not won a race? Uh, Weber has, yeah, but, but people no, of no, that, no, that no, sort of age, era. Yeah. No, I was thinking about who I'm thinking. Go on, who are you thinking? Oh, no, 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 because he did win races. I was thinking Ralph Schumacher, mm. but he's won races. He has. Yeah. Do you want to pass on your guess for this? Let's go on Mark Genet. It's physically what? a name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, my highlight in F1 was when I overtook Mika Hakkinen and ran as high as third before I ran over my pit crew and dropped out right, of the race. Right. Anything that involves and then I ran over my pit crew is not your highlight. <laughs> the highlight was overtaking Mika Hakkinen for third, but sadly then ran over his pit crew. <laughs> Although it could be... <laughs> Ralph Schumacher not looking so wild now. He did occasionally run people over but <laughs> I'll drive um, drive off with the wheel gun still attached to the wheel and took the um took the whole air, yes. air gun assembly with him yes oh, yeah. my goodness. and I bet you it's one of these ones that we're going to like totally kick ourselves when we find out who it is and we're going to be like oh Probably. of course it's that person because <laughs> I mean there's not a lot of people that have ran over mechanics as well there's a small handful, let's say. Mm. It's thankfully not a regular occurrence. <laughs> but I have no new aims to add, names to add to the pot at this point. And it's someone that's not won a race. No. Best best finish was eighth, was it? Eighth, yeah. Eighth. How well did Ricardo Zonta do? Ooh. Um, I don't know. And when did he stop racing? I might have said he was a little earlier, but not with any great confidence. Judging by his performance, I'm not sure he ever started. Well, might he have finished eighth? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think about people who have had like accidents like that yeah. now, because you know how you'll sit one night and you'll see like a comp- compilation video Using of like a Euro bad Still got a few. Still got a few more clues left. I think, yeah, I think more information oh. might be needed. Right, this probably That's isn't. So this hard. probably isn't going to help oh, you. God, God. I think he sent this. Oh, I think he sent this one in just spe- just specially if uh, Sean was going to be on the show because this is one that he would know and nobody else probably would get from it. I had the third most kilometers driven out of all the drivers in the two thousand season. The two thousand season. So who else would have had a lot of kilometers there? Presumably Schumacher and Coulthard would have been. Oh, Hakkinen, or who else would have been the shit around about that time? Villeneuve. As... As... When did you say that he, he stopped racing? Uh, 2004. Stopped open wheel. Stopped open wheel racing, 2004. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be him either because mm. that's too late on. Sorry, I'm I'm having a a, <laughs> a conversation with myself here as well. Yeah. Um, no, because then that's too late on as well. So it can't be. Oh my god, no, it can't be him either. Because I was thinking, oh, someone trying to be smart and have it like a Japanese driver, and I've been trying to think all the Japanese drivers. If you listen to last week's show, I think we had a complete list of every Japanese yeah. driver that's ever been from <laughs> Formula One since about 1990. Blimey. I was in America last week, so forgive me. Um, <laughs> oh, you can download the podcast in America as well. 
I know. I do apologise, guys. <laughs> and we know you can definitely download it in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Because enough people yeah. did to make us the most popular sports podcast there and the fourth most popular podcast in the whole country. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, so it's not a Japanese driver. Can we rule that out? I don't know. We, can you? We, I don't think we've we had can't the information. We can't rule it out. Yeah. I can give you another clue. Yes. Yeah. My last name literally translates to kill the dog. What the <laughs> What? So yeah. not Zonta. <laughs> yeah, my last name literally translates to kill the dog. So what, what, are, what are international words for dog? <laughs> Hund. <laughs> Hund, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, kill would normally oh, be like mort or tote or... This is pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> How are you enjoying your first total shunt? <laughs> the frustration is real. <laughs> now do you see what we go through every week. <laughs> Lots. Um, I had right. Oh no, because that doesn't make sense. I can give you another clue. Go for it. I am the most recent driver from my country. Oh God! So. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> so this is not a necessarily a regular producer of. Uh... You can't say yeah. F1 talent if his best yeah. finish yeah. was eighth. Mm. Well, that's better than my best finish. So, um. Christ. <laughs> yeah, but you've never done open wheel. You've only done saloon cars. That's very true. Um, <gasps> Wait. No, can't, no. Can he be him? There, there is a spaffer. There's a what? A, a spaffer clue. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't really click to hear what you said there. <laughs> it's it's a leeism. Uh, oh, we're going to need something. Yeah. This, yeah. This is a toffee. I share my first name with a Disney villain. Oh my goodness! This does not help. <laughs> Fucking hell! So Disney villain, dead dog. Is this person's yeah. name? Yes. Yes, basically. Oh, my God. Right, so what Disney villains are there? Uh, is, it a, is it a female Disney villain or a male Disney villain, do you that, think? That would be giving it away. I, I'm guessing you would assume male for, for not having been a female driver around that era. But Maleficent Mortchen. Great name. <laughs> Absolutely banging name. Definitely should be a driver. Um, Disney villain. God, there's Cruella. Cruella. <laughs> Cruella Toad Hunt. Oh, uh, Lord. Is that a Formula One? No, because that's not a... No. Sorry, I'm just talking to myself again. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, baby, I wish I had a more extensive knowledge of Disney movies right now. <laughs> I have somehow forgotten all the Disney films, and I'm trying to think, who's the villain in that? And I don't know. 
it's not there. Just just for once in this in this quiz, we need the future Mrs. Dan. We do. Oh, she's yes. all over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can only think most of them didn't have names. They were just the evil stepmother. Just think just think of all the films that she's put you through. <laughs> Scar. I was going to say Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember oh a racing goodness. driver called Scar. And um, when did we say his career started again? 1999? 1999. 1999 as a test 2004. driver. So 1999 to 2004. But not necessarily all of that in Formula One because it was his oh, last open-wheel race in 2004. So he could be... He could have driven an Indy car. Yeah. Potentially, yes. Good Lord. Do you give in? Uh, I think Santeri might have beaten us. I think he has got us here. I am Gaston Mazzacane. Oh, okay. Do you know what? I nearly had the Gaston part right because I was thinking of Disney villains and it was like I was like Captain Hook. <laughs> 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 Captain Hook, Gaston, <laughs> Gaston, right? And then I was like try, trying to remember like the name of the Queen in Snow White and then obviously I was like, well, it's not going to be Jafar for Aladdin, right? So, like, who? I was trying to like, is there a Formula One driver with a name? Jafar, but then also I was like, I don't know a Formula One drive with the name Gaston. I was like, so there you go. Forgive my Disney uh, ignorance. Which Disney is Gaston? Eh, the, 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 the Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Is it? Yes, yes. Is it Beauty and the Beast? Wait, Gaston. I, I think so, is, yeah. No, because remember, Gaston is. The name of Gaston is in two Disney movies, but he's only a villain in one. Um, Gaston is a fictional character who appears in Beauty and the Beast. Um, he is an arrogant hunter. <laughs> That's one way of describing Disney it. rhyming slang. Oh, wait, Gaston, is Gaston not in Shrek as well? The, the name Gaston? I need to Google this. Hold on. Shrek isn't Disney. Oh, is it not? No. Oh, no, it's... Well... Yeah, it's DreamWorks, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, Gaston, Gaston Mazzacane, he did one season for yeah, Minardi in 2000, uh, four races for Prost in 2001, and then some races for Dale Coyne and Champ Car in 2004. Uh, oh, there we go. Thank you very much for that one, Santeri. Uh, um, that was quite challenging. You have beaten <laughs> yeah. the team. My mind is blown right mm. now. <laughs> if you want to send in a total shunt, there's various ways of doing it. You can send a Twitter or an Instagram message to Lee, who is at a total shunt on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you want to send one in for me to do on weeks that Lee's not here because the, the pool is running a bit low, you can email wheels at gmail.com. And that's the address that you can send emails to the show. You can also tweet us at wheels. Same on Facebook and same on Instagram. And if you want to get us individually, I'm Pablo100. Uh, I'm Sean Cowper. I'm Dan Dankleton. Chris is Flood21. And Susie, your Twitter handle is? Susie A.D. Kennedy. So um, please feel free to get in touch with any of us. Uh, I think that just leaves the wrap-up of last week's Formula Lee, uh, which was in a... 
Racing points in the wet in Japan. Why did I choose that? It was hell. In fact, <laughs> in fact I ended up not setting a time. A um, few, ent few entries this week. Um, you needed a time of 148.247 to get into the points. And uh, these people did. 20th was Ashley Woodhouse. 19th, Stephen Perking. Perkin, even. Uh, 18th, Wellington Moreau. 17th was Chris Shales. 16th, Ian Walker. Second appearance on the podcast tonight for the 15th place driver, which was Santerio Nasty. Uh, Nick Patakis, our resident slow Greek, was 14th. Uh, Brooks DeGear was 13th. Jimmy Hamling, 12th. Amos Menon, 11th. Top 10, Pete Bull in 10th. Kyle Armstrong, 9th. Adam Smith was 8th. Justin Smedley in 7th. Vaitcher Camping, 6th. Cal Toomey in 5th. And Julian McMahonhide was 4th. Right, top three, 143.194, third place for Max Williams. Second place, 142.947 for Chris Olby. And winning this week with a time of 142.685 was Alessandro Popolani. Next challenge is, I'm going to go easy on you this time, it's Mexico, it's going to be in the dry and it's going to be in a Renault. Uh, you've got till 7 o'clock UK time on Monday the 28th, the day after the race, to get it in. And I believe that the clocks in the UK go back the week before the US, so it will be 3 o'clock Eastern, I think. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's, that, it's, it's, that, it's that confusing week where the NFL yeah. games kick off at 5 o'clock. Yes, we'll Yay. refine the maths. At some point, it's on, it's on the, on the it's on the website at threelegsfourwheels.com. We might be right, we might not. <laughs> <laughs> Could say that about just about anything we say on this show, but the website's right because Sean writes most of it. <laughs> Thanks, put the pressure on. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the only journalist out of a lot of us? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us this week, Susie. It's been absolutely great, and um, I'm pretty confident when I say this won't be, this won't be the last time you're joining us. I, th I think this has to happen again, doesn't it? Oh, thank you so, so much for having me. Now, anytime. It's been brilliant. Um, we will be back next week. I've got no idea who's going to be on the show, what, whatever the lineup's going to be. <laughs> but we won't be all sleep deprived from the weekend before. And I won't be jet lagged. <laughs> <laughs> you can never tell. But we will see you next week. Thanks for, thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Bye. 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 Hmm.